Thank you, Lindsay. Man, I'm glad he got through the humor because uh, I was starting to think, man, am I going to have to... Bill Johnson is one of my favorite like speakers, and I started thinking, he, he a lot of times starts his sermons with puns, and I was like, I am not good. I'm good at it in real time, but not from the, from the front, so... Um, you know, I've always known that the areas that I have the most authority to share are whatever I'm going through at any given time. So when I was invited to be able to speak, it seemed like an appropriate sermon to call it wrestling with God. <laughs> so I've been, I have been, uh, I'm one, in fact, when Lindsay gave the invitation, I raised my hand. I have been uh, in, a, in a wrestling match, a struggle with the Lord this year. And as I started to prepare for the sermon and, and kind of pray and, um, and just go through it, I realized that's not, a good, that's not an appropriate title at all. The, the, the best title and a more realistic title is Hanging On to the Promises of God. And um, because we don't struggle without, without hope. And so, share a quick story with you. Several years ago, um, Emily and I, uh, a lot of our friends were starting to have children, and we wanted kids, and we um, were struggling to have children, and kind of went through doctors and uh, kind of all the fertility treatment stuff, had medicine and all of that, and just, if you have or if you have not struggled with that, it is probably one of the most intense and difficult um, struggles any individual or couple can, can go through. You're kind of like, as a man, you feel like I'm not able to fulfill my call as a man to, to increase and multiply. And as a, as a mom, you feel like, man, this is all my life. I've been uh, ready for this moment and I ju it just escapes me. And so there's this amazing process or, or institution of adoption, which is so beautiful. And Emily and I, as we began to struggle started wondering, we knew we had received promises of God that we were going to have children. And we began to wonder, is, the, is, is it going to be fulfilled through adoption? And we still think it could be partially fulfilled through adoption. But most of you know um, that we have two beautiful children that came uh, through Emily's womb, and we just, we, but there were very real struggles in the process, and I remember leaving church one Sunday, and I had, we had heard this, the, the song, one of the songs during worship was this song called Cherry Blossoms, and during the middle of that song, I began to just get overwhelmed with the goodness of God, and uh, <laughs> I began to get overwhelmed and just thought, I think this is it, I think we're gonna, I think we're, this is this is the month we're going to get pregnant. We get in the car and start heading home. And Emily's like, whenever we were listening to this, when we were worshiping the Lord during the Cherry Blossom song, the Lord spoke to me that this is, you know. And, and so we were like on fire. This is going to happen. And it didn't. <laughs> and we were like, oh, man. And so, um, you know, just struggling through that a couple months later, I had this dream and in, and I don't dream frequently, maybe two times a year and half of those don't mean anything. And, and so, you know, it's very rare that, uh, and so, but in this dream, I, I go up to this house and I'm, I'm knocking on the front door and nobody's answering. I don't know whose house it was, or I didn't in the dream. And I, I'm disappointed. I begin to turn and walk down the steps off the front porch and I hear a voice 
and it says, wait, I have something for you. And I knew it was the voice of the Lord and it, it rattled me. It, I was waking up when I heard wait. It was that clear. And I was still waking up when I heard I have something for you. So you don't go back to sleep when the Lord wakes you up and says, hey, I have something for you. So I got up, had this amazing quiet time with the Lord. I can go into detail, but had this amazing time. And the Lord reminded me of the promises, but also kind of confronted me with, hey, you, um, you know, I've, I've, I want you to confess with your mouth that you will have children with Emily, through Emily's womb. And I was like, oh, I was afraid to do it because I was afraid of being disappointed and, and all of this. And, and so, but I did it and we wrote it down. I believed in my own heart, I allowed myself to believe it. And the way of things, we would know in a couple days if we were pregnant and um, a week goes by and we're like, so I share the story with Emily. I hadn't shared, and so I shared the story with Emily. I'm like, hey, this is what happened. And then we came crashing down again. And it was just like, I was almost ashamed for believing that. Um, it was just, but I realized it wasn't really shameful. I still believed it, actually, because when the Lord speaks something, you, you have to, you, you just kind of, you're like, you're ashamed not to believe it. But I realized what it was was my ambition to see it happen and my own timing and my ambition to try to make it happen was dead and it was gone. And one month later, we got pregnant. <laughs> and it was, it was, I still remember the day and the morning. I remember exactly what it was like and it was so beautiful to find out we were pregnant, to celebrate that and pray through that. And since I've already shared the end of the story that we have, it's not actually the end, but that we have kids, it's tempting for most of you in this room to go, well, we know the end of the story. We, we know that, so you, you, you kind of detach yourself from the process. But for me, the process is like the most beautiful part. It's, it's where my, the fact that I went through what I went through increases my faith, it increases my capacity to love and be loved. And I'm not saying, it doesn't always end up, sometimes the promises of God are, they're always yes and amen, but sometimes it's different than you, I would say most of the time it's different than you expect. It's always better than you expect. And, um, and it's similarly, we look at Joseph, the story of Joseph, and we, we read in scripture, he's got, he has these two dreams that he's gonna be ruler and, and uh, you know, his brothers are gonna bow down, his parents are gonna bow down. And then a few verses later, we see that, you know, that happens. But the few verses is 14 years and it's betrayal, slavery, imprisonment, disappointment, and, you know, I, I'm, I know now that Joseph, if he were here today, would say, man, I wouldn't trade any of that for where I am today. It's part of the process. So anyway, that's a quick story. We're, we're actually going di to dive into Jacob because he does wrestle with the Lord, although all of the, all of us wrestle with the Lord, but um, but Jacob is an interesting guy. His name means deceiver. 
Uh, he deceives, he manipulates his brother out of his birthright. He deceives his father for a blessing. And, um, you know, he's just kind of like, even later when he's working with Laban, he uh, kind of does this shrewd but a little shady thing. And I still don't understand exactly how it happens, but the sh they have that deal. I'm gonna go over it in case people don't know the story, but they have this deal about the sheep and Laban says, I'll give you any sheep that are spotted and striped and, you can, and I'll keep, Laban's gonna keep the clean ones. And so he like, Whenever they're about to mate, he puts poplar branches in front of them and somehow that produces, I still don't get how that works, but I don't know if it was like paint or what, but anyway, it produces a bunch of striped and spotted sheep. And so Laban's wealth does grow, but Jacob's grows faster. And uh, anyway, so he's just kind of doing these, these things all along the way. And we get to this point where um, his parents send him to, uh, his mom's hometown to find a wife. And um, on the way, he stops in Bethel, has a dream, Jacob's ladder. And God promises him at that point, he says, I will give you and your descendants the land on which you're lying. Your descendants will be like the dust of the earth and you will spread out to the north, the south, the east, and the west. All peoples on earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. I am with you, I will watch over you wherever you go, and I will bring you back to this land. And I will not leave you until I've done what I have promised. So he moves on from there, goes to Haran, works for, Jake, for Laban for 20 years, marries Leah, marries Rachel, starts having children. Um, and, and like we just talked about, God is blessing Jacob immensely. In many ways, he's walking out the promise of God already in this place. And... Uh, but the Lord realizes that, or the Lord knows, not the Lord realizes, the Lord knows that Jacob will never receive the fullness of that promise while he's working under Laban. So Laban gets jealous. The Lord uses the jealousy to send Jacob out. And that's where we're gonna pick up and read Genesis from Genesis 32. Uh, and actually, one more little bit of context. Laban, Jacob sneaks off and Laban catches him up with him. They have a come to Jesus, or since Jesus, it was like a come to the angel of the Lord conversation, and, uh, and kind of then they part ways. And so I think they've got scriptures, yep. So Jacob went on his way, and the angels of God met him. And when Jacob saw them, he said, this is God's camp. So he called the name of that place, Something amazing that sounds amazing in the Hebrew language. Mahanaima, I think. Then Jacob was, excuse me, I'm skipping some verses. So context is he, he comes, finds this camp, sends the messengers out to go tell Esau, hey, I'm coming. His messengers come back and say, hey, Esau's coming and he's bringing 400 guys and Jacob is absolutely terrified. So pick up in verse seven, then Jacob was greatly afraid and distressed. He divided the people who were with him and the flocks and the herds and the camels into two camps, thinking, if Esau comes to the one camp and attacks it, then the camp that is left will escape. And Jacob said, O God of my father Abraham and God of my father Isaac, O Lord, who said to me, return to your country, you told me to do it, <laughs> return to your country and your kindred that I may do good. I'm not worthy of the least of the, all the deeds of the steadfast love and all the faithfulness that you've shown to your servant. 
For with only my staff, I crossed this Jordan. And now I've become two camps. Please deliver me from the hand of my brother, from the hand of Esau, for I fear him that he may come and attack me, the mothers with the children. But you told me, Lord, I will surely do good to you and make your offspring as the sand of the sea, which cannot be numbered for the multitude. So he fast forward, ends up splitting up the people into several different camps and giving orders. And then uh, that night, he takes his family and sent them across the stream and everything else that he'd had. And then Jacob was left alone. And a man wrestled with him until the the breaking of the day. When the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he touched his hip socket and Jacob's hip was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. Then he said, let me go for the day has broken. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. And he said to him, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have striven with God and with men and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked him, please tell me your name. But he said, why is it you asked my name? And there he blessed him. So what's happening here? Jacob is freaking out. He knows that God's made promises to him. In fact, he's like, God, you promised, you know, and he's, he's recounting these promises to the Lord. And he sends his family across and then he stays on this side. And I was like, why did he stay on this side? Here's the reason. He's a guy. And guys, when we are stressed out to the max, we are absolute miserable human beings to be around. If you're a guy or you're married to a guy, you know this is true. And we, we separate, it's like, please don't talk to me. I've got kids that are asking for me to come play football and absolutely not, I can't help you with dinner. You know, what, all, all this stuff. He's just wanting to stay and pray and process with the Lord. That's all he wants, stay and pray and process. And... God comes up to him. The angel of the Lord comes up to him and starts a wrestling match with him. It's like, what a miserable, like, anyway. So he starts wrestling with him and they, they wrestle with, together all night until the sun came up. Has anybody in here been a wrestler? All right. Or seen a wrestle match or a, maybe a UFC match, which is different than wrestling, but so... Wrestling is typically, correct me if I'm wrong, about three rounds of six minutes. And if there's an overtime, you might go to a fourth round. More or less? Okay, more or less. More or less. Here's the deal. After 18 to 27 minutes of wrestling, you are exhausted. And I mean, just absolutely wiped out. And I get this vision of the angel of the Lord and Jacob like, for 10 to 12 hours, 90% or more of that time, they're probably laying, just trying to catch their breath, you know, sweat dripping everywhere, all this, and the amount of muscle fatigue and all that. And here, but here's the cool thing is nobody wins, right? Nobody wins, but Jacob hung on and there was something inside of him and all of us have it. That thing that says, I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to quit. And, and there are people who quit. But even those people have something in them that needs to rise up and say, and I'm, I'm gonna tell you right now, if there's something in you that is like, if, every, if anybody's ever, because our words are powerful and people get called quitters, I hate that. But if you've ever been told to call the quitter or you've ever been disappointed with yourself for quitting, like 
there is something inside of you that can rise up and, and must rise up and say, I'm hanging on to the Lord. Because the, you know, COVID is nothing compared to what can happen, will happen, you know, in scripture. And so, um, so anyway, they, the, it's, it's important to, to uh, hang on to the Lord. At the end of all this, just kind of digging in a little deeper, the angel of the Lord says, let me go. And Jacob says, not until you bless me. I love this. The angel asks, what's your name? Who are you? And so Jacob's answer is, I'm Jacob. I'm the deceiver. I've got a history of it. I'm the, de- I'm the deceiver. He knows he's, been, he's promised, but he knows his own self and he knows his own past. And the angel of the Lord says, your name shall no longer be deceiver, the one who deceives. Your name shall be Israel. For as a prince, you have struggled with God and man and have overcome. Something powerful is happening and the, and the Lord knows what's in us and he knows the enemy. And the enemy wants to disqualify us and disqualify you and say, hey, because of this, 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 and this, and this, because of your own humanity, you are incapable. You, you, we have received the promise, but the enemy is, go- and you know it, but the enemy is kind of going, I don't know how I could ever, it's telling you, I don't know how you can ever fulfill that, that thing. And the Lord says, I don't care what it is. I don't care what you've done. I don't care how you've built your wealth. I don't care. I made promises and I will fulfill the promises in you for my sake. Not for, not so that you can just awesome, have this awesome life. Although that is a huge part of it, but it's for the Lord's sake. So I love the name change. The story ends up, it goes on, you know, Jacob, Jacob, Tired, fatigued, ends up meeting Esau with nothing left in his tank and a limp. And, uh, and it's a great reunion. Several chapters later, God calls Jacob back to Bethel to remind him of the promise. And he says, I am the God of your father and your grandfather. That's how he always reminds Jacob. I'm the God of your dad and your granddad. I'm the Lord Almighty. Be fruitful and multiply. A nation and an assembly of nations will come from you. Your loins will, from your loins will come forth kings. The land that I gave Abraham and Isaac, I give to you. And to your seed after you, I'll give you this land. And we know the, the rest of the Lord, the, the story. In fact, we would not be here worshiping the Lord. We are a product of that promise because through the nations, through him, the nations will be blessed. So our being here today is a fulfillment of that promise. So here's the model for us that God gives. First, he makes promises to us. And I wanna encourage you guys to journal the promises that God has made to you. He's huge on writing things down. He tells Joshua, write this down. Or he tells Moses, write this down so Joshua can know. He tells Israel, hey, you know, pick up 12 stones when you cross the Jordan so that you can remember. Make this altar so that you can remember. Here's a rainbow so that you can remember. We are in the second day of a feast called Sukkot, which is, by the way, a feast that Scripture says we're going to celebrate for the rest of eternity. When we go to heaven, 
we will continue to celebrate the feast of the, the, the significance of the glory of the Lord coming down and dwelling together with man, even though in that day we'll be dwelling with him all the time. This, he wants us to remember things. So he's made us promises. And I wanna speak to you if you don't know or you don't know what those promises are, you haven't heard them. There's hundreds of them in scripture that, that you can take for your own. But I also wanna encourage you to listen to the Lord for yourself to hear if there's anything, if there's if just an ounce of like, I think that this is from the Lord, hang on to it. Talk to somebody, check it, check it out with them. But So God makes us promises. Second, we begin to walk out the promises of God. And it's kind of like the training wheels, like we start riding our bike with training wheels, you know, and, and, and Jacob was walking in the fulfillment of God's promise while he was working for Laban. Like he, he was walking that out. He was growing in wealth. He was increasing and multiplying. And, and that's all part of the process. But at some point, we're going to reach a ceiling or hit our capacity. And the Lord knows that. And, uh, and he uses whatever that is to send us out. So um, whatever reason, we're not able to achieve all. What he knows is we're not able to achieve all that he's promised us on our own, and I usually find in Scripture that um, that that ceiling is there for to, to because we don't have the capacity. It's like Joseph didn't have the capacity to lead Egypt until he went through all that he went through. Jacob didn't have the capacity to be to to do all that he did and to increase and fulfill the land and yeah, I mean fulfill the land and and um, leave the legacy that he left for his 12 sons who had become 12 people groups who would, you know, show the world who he is without going through what he went through. So he calls us, he, he sees that we hit this point and he calls us out. And on our journey out, we encounter opposition. Sometimes that's, and, and out can be a geographical out, <laughs> I'm sending you out. It, out can be a, a, a just a spiritual a shift. You know, for, for us, for a small business owner, coronavirus, I'm in the same place. I'm doing the same business, but it's a different, I'm doing it a different way. And, and um, I'm also, I think for me personally, it's majorly spiritual of, of just having a different perspective as we go through this. But he calls us out. We have opposition. And we have to wrestle with the Lord. We have setbacks, discouragement, exhaustion. The enemy comes in, tries to disqualify us. And what I want to encourage us is this is a major point the Lord uses for our growth. The, the, a major, major, this is precious to the Lord. Um, I mean, it, I don't, I'm not going to get into a theology about does the Lord cause I don't think he causes bad things to happen. I think he uses things. And, um, but who initiated the fight with Jacob? <laughs> I mean, the Lord initiated the wrestling match with Jacob. And, uh, and so, you know, there's this, there's this amazing uh, thing that he wants to see accomplished. So Romans 5, 3 through 5 shows us a little bit of that. I'm gonna read what you read. 
Actually, I'm gonna, while you read that, I wanna read you the translation that I took notes on because I like it. And I'm gonna sit on this passage, if, if Kevin, if you can keep this up for a while. It says, we also glory in suffering, knowing that suffering produces perseverance and perseverance character and character hope. And hope does not disappoint us because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Okay, I'm gonna read this again. I went through Strong's Concordance. I always like to know, like, what do these words even mean, you know? And so I'm gonna substitute other words that are in, that, were, that are meanings that the same Greek word meant. And so it says, we also take joy in pressure, Burdens, knowing that the pressure produces cheerful endurance and that cheerful endurance produces experience and trustworthiness. And that experience gives us, increases our faith and confidence or hope. And this faith does not disappoint us because God's love has been gushed out upon us running greedily upon us through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. I mean, there's a fourth step, but before we get there, I, I believe that this is the purpose of the promises of God, is for us to know this love that is gushed out on us, for us, over us. And all of these things, it's, it is stepping points to it. We take, how can we, how can we practically enjoy suffering? By remembering that this pressure is producing in me cheerful endurance and patience. It's producing in me experience and trustworthiness. And what is that doing? It's building my faith and my confidence in who the Lord is and who he says he is and who he's creating me to be. God is everything. There's nobody good except the Lord. But your call, our call, our destiny, all of us have the same one and it's to become like him. He wants us to become like him. He wants us to grow in confidence in who we are in him and who he is. And when we do that, we can finally understand this lavish love that literally says, run greedily over you, gushed out into your heart. And I just, for, for parents or you know, I'm an employer who loves my employees and I've, I'm thinking about it through that and through my kids. It's like, there's nothing I want more for my children to just know the love I have for them regardless of what they do and how they speak to me. And there's nothing I want. And it, I just, that's my, the pinnacle for me. And oh, by the way, step four, <laughs> the next thing is, walk in the fulfillment of his promises. Only after we wrestle and struggle with the Lord through this are we equipped to walk in the promises. 
I, I mean, I, I can share testimony and Lindsay asked me to, and I'm not going to go into it today, but would love to share sometime. But the, you know, I, I had this huge journey out of, um, Egypt, poverty, <laughs> into the promised land in many capacities. And that's, what, that's really what we're talking We're talking about that same journey that we go through several times in life. And, um, and we become better people before we see the fulfillment of the promise. And that's why the journey is so precious to us. Um, so I just want to encourage you, you cannot imagine what God has in store for you. Second Peter 1, uh, these great and precious promises that the Lord has given to you. Um, and, and as you struggle, if you are struggling, here's what's cool is hindsight is 2020. So use past, if you're not struggling right now, guess what? You're going to. So use your past experiences to remind yourself that when you feel it, because that's what I was, as I was preparing for this, I was like telling Keith, what's cool is I'm in a new phase of life where I know, I, I'm sure I'm discouraged at points, but I still struggle knowing that, hey, he's doing something beautiful in me. And what's coming after this is glory. And so if you're not struggling, Put this in your bank and pull it up later. If you are struggling or have struggled recently, just know the Lord is doing something beautiful in you and, the ne- and, and there is a promotion coming, but you've got to just hang on through the night. You don't have to feel, I don't feel like I've kicked tail during this struggle. I don't feel like I've been winning, but I'm hanging on and that's good enough. So, For me personally, just to share, you know, we've been in season with young kids and we're doing schedules and we live in Nashville. It can feel like community is, we're tired. It can feel like community is far from us at times. I'm a business owner in the middle of COVID-19. I can admit I frequently wondered about shutting everything down and just kind of like, let's just sell it and move, like, like go live in a hut somewhere and try to get, I mean, it's, it's, I've been exhausted and I've been constant. My adrenaline has just been like running constantly trying to stay afloat. And I'm frankly not done feeling that way. But I know when I hang on to him and when I hang on to his promises, hang on to him, I'm going to understand his love for me. I'm going to grow in all the things that we're talking about. So I want to take a minute and just do some ministry. So if if the first thing I want to speak to is if you don't know the promises God's made for you, if you don't feel like, man, there's these promises, that's okay. There's literally hundreds. We referenced them earlier. There's hundreds in scripture that are yours in Jesus. Um, And so I encourage you to Google what those, let that be a starting point to get your heart and your mind like on his promises for you and on his goodness to you. And then take some time to ask the Lord, what else? Because there is more. There is more than that. That's the first thing. And second, 
If you know that there are promises that God's made you, but you're still waiting on the yes and amen and the fulfillment of those promises, if you're hope deferred, a season of hope deferred or whatever, I just want us to, I'm gonna lead us in prayer and take 30 seconds of silence, just hearing the music and allow the Lord to come in and speak. And then I'm gonna wrap up with a, a scripture that is truth. So Father, I just thank you and I bless you and we celebrate you. Lord, we love you and we like you. And we acknowledge that you are worthy of everything that we have and all that we are. You're worthy of our disappointments. You're worthy of our frustrations, of our heartaches. You're worthy of the glory to glory that we walk through. And we say, just like Jacob did, you've been so good to us and steadfast in your love for us no matter what we've done. And we thank you and we celebrate you. Father, I pray right now you'd come and you would remind us of promises that you've spoken. Speak new promises in this time and encourage us in hanging on to you. Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you that your promises are yes and amen. Thank you for your love gush on us. And I pray that we would have a revelation of it. It wouldn't just be in our heads. It would be, and not even just in our hearts. I pray, Father, that every cell, every fiber of our being would know your love and experience it so that we can also give it out, Father. Help us to be a blessing even as we are in process and blessed and being blessed. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. I wanna share, this is a life verse for me and I just wanna encourage you with it. It's Hebrews 10, 35 through 39. And it says, so do not throw away your confidence for it will be richly rewarded. Keep persevering so that as you do the will of God, you will receive everything that he's promised you. For in just a little while, he who is coming, talking about Jesus, he who is coming will come and he won't delay. But my righteous ones will stand by faith. And if he shrinks back, I won't be pleased with him. But you are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed. You are of those who believe and are saved. Father, thank you. Thank you that, you, that we are those who, who believe and are saved and we lift you high, we glorify you. We thank you for all that you use in our lives to point us to you. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen.